Hey, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. Today we have a special, special guest from Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Pastor Andy Shanholz from the Hope Community Church will be here to talk to us. It ought to be an interesting podcast. Stay tuned. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. Lots of information about the church and things going on at the church. Also, if it's been a while since you've been to church or you're not quite sure what really goes on in church, come and check out Houghton Baptist. I'm sure you'll be pleasantly surprised. Come as you are, we do. No holds barred. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. honored and blessed to be here. I was just chatting with Pastor Dave, and I said, you know, I think the first time I was in here was, was 2012. And just to see the expansion, what you guys have done is just amazing how God has used you and enabled you to bring about this desire to transform your community. And I love, the, I love how Dave uh, says that you're a church for the community, not just a church in the community. And that's what we are. We're, we're called to transform uh, our, our community, which God has placed us. And just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I grew up in West Virginia originally. And so sometimes if I say words that don't make sense, you can, you can attribute that to a word from West Virginia. Um, but I, I moved to Wisconsin in, in 1976, and I've been there ever since. I married my uh, college roommate's sister. And so we've been married for 36 years, coming up in, in July 18th. And it's just been a real, real blessing. We have uh, one daughter, three beautiful granddaughters. And uh, in fact, I just shared with the brother that uh, they, my son-in-law is actually a contractor. So he's, he's a young guy, but he's very busy. He's done, doing really well for himself. So he decided, well, I'm going to build my own house. So they moved in with us for six months. <laughs> Six-year-old, four-year-old, and a two-year-old. So I was blessed to be able to stay in my hotel room and just have silence all weekend. <laughs> they have moved out, and, uh, but it was, it was just a real joy to have them. But my first encounter up here in, in about 2012, I was the regional director of Freedom Life Skills. I had been a pastor prior to that, and i have been involved in ministry for about 40 years. And when, I, when, I had come, uh, when Life Skills was a nonprofit organization, and I got laid off. And, uh, oh, about four years ago, I got laid off. And I called my pastor and I said, I, I just need your prayer. I, I just got laid off. And he goes, hey, Andy, we've got to talk. I say, yeah, I know. He goes, no, no, we really got to talk. He goes, he goes, the associate pastor just walked in and resigned. Would you like his position? I was unemployed for five minutes. Isn't that great? <laughs> and, and, then, um, and, and then there was just a bunch of young pastors. I just really enjoy working with young pastors. They're dear to my heart. I, I know I've made a lot of mistakes in, in my life uh, and in ministry. And one of the mistakes that I made, I'm a workaholic. And one of the mistakes that I made was that I became so obsessed with my church that my church had become my mistress. And it began to affect my marriage. But God, by his grace, enabled me to realize that I need to find balance, that that if I lose my marriage, I really lose my ministry. I disqualify myself. And that's really the, the hardest thing is finding that balance between ministry and marriage because it, it not only do you have a family that you're taking care of, but you have a church family of, of, of several people that you're also responsible for, and everybody wants your time. So continue to pray for your pastor and, uh, and because it's a tough job. 
it really is a tough job. And, and, uh, and so when they hired me, they said, well, we really don't, want, we don't know what we're going to have you do. We just want you to be a mentor to us. Because they were, they were in their early 30s, all, all three of the other pastors that, that were on the staff there. And they asked me, just be a mentor. Be a sounding board. Teach them how to find balance in life. Plus, they were from Arkansas, so I thought they were hiring me to be an interpreter for them because I've been in Wisconsin for 40 years. And, but let's teach them a little bit about culture and so forth. But God has just been so good. And then as I was really settling into that, I thought, well, I think I'm, I can retire I think, doing this, doing some consulting and working with these ministers. But then I get a phone call. Andy, there's a church up the road looking for a pastor. You should apply for that job. And I said, no, I'm, I'm too old. They're not going to hire me. And uh, sure enough, they did. And I've been there for almost two years. That's a wonderful church. We're, we're in the middle of a cornfield in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. It's about 104 acres of cornfield. We're at my, our church building is 60,000 square feet. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice-sized church that God has really blessed with and counted me faithful enough to put me in charge of all these people. I just pray every day, God, don't let me screw that up. Just don't let me screw it up. <laughs> but, you know, I call upon his grace, and God helps me every day. So thank you for having me here this morning. I'm just so blessed to bring the word. If you have your Bibles, open to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And I'm going to pray and ask God's blessing upon the word. Father God, I just pray that you would prepare all of our hearts to receive all that you have for us today. Lord, enable me to articulate clearly your word to your people that they can truly experience the freedom that you have given us. So, Lord, have your way this morning. Be glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of the message is, is Free in Christ, Standing Firm in Our Freedom. Now, we all know that liberty is freedom, but freedom is not free. As for myself, I generally take this time of the year, uh, the 4th of July season, and, and I encourage everyone to do this. But I like, to, I like to just get away and just begin to reflect upon my journey. And, and if you will do that and, and begin to identify where you were, where you're at now, and where you have come from, it not only does it magnify the bigness of God, but it creates such a humility in your own heart of, God, you have loved me so much. There are so many times, and my wife will testify, that I'm not always lovable. But, there, but God loves me in spite of myself. God loves you in spite of yourself. And, and that is just so humbling. And I begin to reflect on how he has taken this guy who is broken, self-destructive, and has used him, has used me to, bring, to glorify his name. God does that through each and every one of us. And I just I marvel of the freedom that he's given me. But yet, we have to be intentional about maintaining that freedom. How many know it's so easy to gravitate back to old ways, old habits, old patterns? It's so easy. But we have to be so intentional. I've learned that as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have to be as, as every bit as vigilant to persevere and protect our spiritual freedom as we must be as citizens of, of the United States in preserving and protecting our political freedom. In both cases, we have an enemy who will destroy and enslave us if we will not continually. You see, Jesus paid a heavy price for each and every one of us so that we could have our freedom. He lived a sinless life. He took on religious leaders of his day. He endured persecution and hardship, and he died a painful death on the cross so that you and I could have freedom. 
And in doing this, he delivered us from the slavery of sin and delivered us as free men and women into a new life in Christ. But we at times, we take it for granted. A lot of times we abuse it. And sadly, we even allow ourselves to slip back into the bondage into which we've been delivered. But Paul in Galatians chapter 5 gives us this charge. He says, it is for freedom. Now I'm reading from the NIV version. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves, see, do not, you, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This word stand firm is a military term. It means to hold one's ground. Now, if there's any veterans in here, you know what that means. Hold your ground. And Jesus, and Paul is saying to us, hold your ground. Do not allow the enemy to enslave you. Do not allow the enemy to destroy you and to take you captive. You see, we have freedom from, from, from the things that constrain us unto, the, unto freedom for things we haven't been able to do in the past. The first thing, we're set, we are set free from the law of sin and death. Remember that. We are set free from the law of sin and death. In Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives us life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And the Greek here means we are set free as believers from the dominion of sin in our lives. It doesn't mean we're perfect. But it means we have been given, enabled by His grace to stand and break the strongholds that try to enslave us. You know, I, I love teaching on grace. You know, I love my, one of my favorite verses is, is Hebrews, Hebrews 4.16. It says that we are to come boldly, not sheepishly, but boldly before the throne of grace and to ask for grace to help in time of need. You see, God gets all the glory when, he, when we come boldly before the throne. Let me just take a little rabbit trail here. See, many times, most of us know that grace is unmerited favor. It's something that God gives us that we don't deserve. It's unmerited favor. But you know, unmerited favor is simply the character of grace by definition. But, the, but we neglect the other side of the coin. It's called the function of grace. And the function of grace is God's operational power in your life to do what you're incapable of doing for yourself. That's why we are to come boldly before the throne of grace or the throne of unmerited favor and ask for God's enabling power to do, to help, when I can't do things on my own. And so when I'm tempted to be drawn back into the slavery of sin and bondage, I call for grace. God, give me the grace to to let that habit go. Give me the grace to break free from this bondage that's trying to ensnare me and to enslave me. Enable me by your grace. God gets all the glory because that's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. To enable us to live a life that reflects the image of Christ to a hurting world. When people begin to see Christ in you, you are the greatest testimony there is. You are a living epistle. And people look at you and they see, I want, I need what that person has. They don't seem to be rattled in the midst of chaos. They seem to have peace. They seem to have freedom. Oh, how I long for that freedom. How I long for that peace. And they see you. And you can say, 
I was once enslaved like you, but I'm standing firm. I'm holding my ground in the freedom that Christ has given me. And not only has he given me that freedom, he has enabled me by his grace to live in that freedom. To break those strongholds that try to ensnare me. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18 it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. The word oppressed in the King James is bruised, and bruised is a hurt beneath the surface. I think he's referring here to emotional pains and hurts that we've encountered. That we are to be set free from the stressors of life. We are to be set free from those emotional hurts and wounds and pains that try to define us. See, friends, we, are, we don't have to allow these things to define us anymore because we're new creations in Christ. We allow, we allow Christ to define us and not our past and our failures. We don't allow those things to define us because we're free in Christ. And since we're free in Christ, we don't have to allow those things to ensnare us and keep us in bondage. You are not who you used to be. You're a new creation. And in John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, he comes to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, and that you may have it abundantly. You know, the thief comes, when he comes to steal, what's he trying to do? He's trying to steal your joy. You know, I believe that if the, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't defeat you. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And in Daniel says, they who know their God shall be strong. Isn't there an association with, with being strength and, in, and joy and in knowing your God? Because if, if I am in, in relationship with Christ, and because I know him, then I become strong and I become joyful. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. The thief comes to steal your joy. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to steal your beliefs. He wants to steal your sense of purpose. He's trying to steal the seed that was impregnated in your heart, which is the seed of Christ. And that seed, is we are growing up into the image of Christ. We die daily, so it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. And as I begin to die to my old habits, my old, my old behaviors, my old way of life, as I begin to take that to the cross, I begin to be less of me and more of Jesus. That's what John the Baptist prayed as well. He also comes to destroy your testimony. Has God said, and will God really do what he says? Oh, you call yourself a Christian. Look what you just did. Look what you just said. See, that condemnation sits on your shoulder, whispering in your ear, those voices inside your head to tell you how bad you are and how much you fall short. But you know, I think we need to spend less time listening to ourselves and more time talking to ourselves and begin to, begin to talk back. So wait a minute. No, that's who I used to be. That's not who I am now. Oh, yes, I, I fell short, but, but by the grace of God, I'm free in Christ. I don't have to believe those lies anymore. I can be what Jesus has called me to be. See, we can, people can call you a lot of things, but you know what I found? You're only what you answer to. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm an overcomer. I'm the head and not the tail. I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Where else can I be? I'm blessed in God's presence. Why? Because I am free. I am free. Galatians 5.1 again says, Stand firm then and do not 
Let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Why? Verses 2 through 4 in Galatians. It says, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ and have fallen away from grace. See, friends, we are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. Now, the concept, here's some consequences of turning away from our freedom. When I turn away from this freedom, what Paul is saying here, he says, if, you, if, you've got to, if you're giving yourself to be circumcised, then you've got to keep all the law. And when you do that, when you try to live a life of holiness and righteousness by a keeping of the law, Christ is, first of all, Christ is of, is of no advantage to you. He's of no value to you. If you're keeping the law, you don't need him. Jesus would have died in vain if you don't appropriate the promises of the cross. If you do not appropriate your full redemption on the cross, to that degree, Christ died in vain to that which you're not appropriating. Christ would be of no advantage to you. He's of no value. If you, if you think by keeping the law and by trying to do things in your own strength, by trying to do things in your own way, Christ is of no advantage to you. Secondly, you're cut off from Christ. Verse 4, it says, you're cut off from Christ. You're alienated if you try to restore your relationship with God by doing your good works. Your good works are as filthy rags. You see, friends, I do good works because of who I am. It's an outflow of my relationship with Christ. I don't do good works to earn God's favor. I have God's favor regardless. That's called grace. Then he says, you're fallen from grace. This context is talking about falling into legalism and a works mentality. We've got to realize that Jesus did not, Jesus came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. And because of my relationship with Christ, I too fulfill the law because Christ lives within me. That's called grace. And you know, and, and what happens is, and remember in Matthew chapter 10, I think it's verse 38, he says that, he says that we're exhausted in our attempt to try to please God. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And, and, you know, and he's talking about how, how many times that we try to earn God's favor by the things that we're doing instead of receiving the, the work of grace in our lives. And when I receive that work of grace, it gives me, it's an infusion of power to serve, to do. And that's what God wants us to do. But, you know, so many times if you're exhausted and being a, trying to be a Christian, that's your problem. You're exhausted because you're trying to be a Christian. See, Christianity is not an event that you attend. It's not a club that you join. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as your relationship begins to grow with him, you become closer to him and you begin to reflect him. It's so funny. My wife and I have been married almost 36 years, and she can complete my sentences. I can complete her sentences. I know better than do that, but I can do that. And the point is, the, much, the longer I spend with, with Christ, the more I respond and act the way Christ does. It becomes a part of the healthy growth of relationship with Him. So I'm not trying to do, I'm trying to be. So we have to be before we do. So the solution to walking in our freedom, how do we do that? How do we walk in our freedom? We need to, we need to daily incorporate a revelation of my identity in Christ. You need to realize that you're one in Christ. Christ resides within you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
and Christ resides within your heart. And John 8, 31 through 36 says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Realize that in Christ, I am loved, I'm affirmed, I'm significant, I'm cleansed, I'm forgiven. Just ask Jesus daily to reveal to you the lies that you have been believing. What lies have you been believing? Have you been believing a lie that you're unloved, that you're unwanted, that you're unworthy, you're insignificant, you're not useful to God, you're just too sinful? True story, when I was in high school, I, I, I got saved my senior year in high school. And um, I was in a lot of trouble. We, we always jokingly say that I spent so much time in the principal's office that when he decorated, he asked me what color he should paint the walls. But, uh, you know, but I, but I remember I got saved. I got radically saved. I was so self-destructive, I didn't care if I lived or died. I was so angry at God. And I really, I did so many crazy things. I wanted, I had some questions I wanted to get answered, and I wasn't getting them answered because I was so hurt. You know, I was the oldest of five kids. My my mom walked out on us when I was thirteen, so it became my responsibility to raise my siblings. And I was very bitter because the man she ran off with was my uncle, and about destroyed my dad, who became an alcoholic because of that. And I was angry at God. Just really angry. I could, and I would say, well, God, what kind of God allows this to happen? I didn't know God. I didn't know anything about God. But then I saw my uncle get radically saved. It was hard. But he got saved. But then he was killed a year after he got saved. But I saw the transformation in this man's life. And so I thought, there's got to be a God of a man that awful could, could be changed that drastically. But yet I was still angry at God. And I remember when, when, I, when I had my encounter with God, when he revealed himself to me in such a way that it changed my life. And, 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 and I was truly free. I was no longer empty on the inside. I, I was no longer hurting. There was this void that, that was just this gnarling at me. But then Jesus came in and began to fill that void. I was, I was walking probably this high off the ground. I remember... Going to high school one day, and my principal, not principal, one of my one of my coaches, he says, "Shannels, come here. I got to talk to you." He goes, "I hear you found religion." I said, "Well, I said I gave my heart to Jesus Christ." And he starts to laughing. He's a big old guy, burly guy. He, he goes, "Shannels, he goes, he goes. I told everybody you'll be a great preacher. You got a big mouth, and you know a lot about sin." <laughs> it's true. It's true. But as, I, but as I begin to renounce those things that, that, the, that people try to say about me, begin to renounce those things, that the, those voices I hear in my head that I'm unwanted, I'm not good enough, I'm too sinful. When I begin to renounce those things, and I be, then I begin to replace it with the truth of God's word, what does God say about you? You're his beloved. He loves you. You can overcome. You know God believes in you more than you believe in yourself? What a great price he paid for your redemption so that you could experience freedom. So you could experience freedom. In Philippians 2.13, says it's God who works in you to will and to do in order to fulfill his purpose. Did you, did you catch that? 
It is God who works in you to will. In other words, your volition, your willingness. God works that in you, and then he gives you the ability to do it. That's grace. I love that. It's probably one of my favorite verses. It is God who works in you. Philippians 2.13. God who works in you to will and to do in order to fulfill his good purpose. That's awesome. Do you know we're also set free to serve in Galatians 5, 13 and 14? He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. You see that? We are set free so that we can serve one another. You see, when we're selfish and it's all about me, that's not freedom. Because I can never satisfy the lust of my flesh, in my flesh. But I'm set free to serve. And as I'm set free to serve humbly, Christ is glorified. He's glorified. It's all about Jesus. It's not all about me. It says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's how we humbly serve. So what's the key then to protecting our freedom? What's the key? The key is that we walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, So I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. You see, friends, if we are constantly walking in the Spirit of God, and that's walking in right relationship with Christ, as we continue to walk in right relationship with Christ, humbly, Acknowledge when you fall short. Say, God, I've missed it. Forgive me. Enable me to live a life that is pleasing to you. As I continue to do that, call upon the grace of God to enable me to do that, I walk in the Spirit and I don't uh, gratify the lust of the flesh. See, the Holy Spirit is not only the, the source of our Christian life, He's also the power to sustain our Christian life. Amen? Amen. So stand firm in your freedom. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone here today that does not know you personally, Holy Spirit, draw their hearts to want to come to have an encounter with you. If you don't know the Lord as your, as your personal Lord and Savior today, if you would simply pray something like this, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Fill the void that is in my heart and my life. Take control of my life now that I can serve you humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope the message spoke to you. If you haven't been to our church, come and check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton. You can take a look at our webpage, HoughtonBaptist.org, get more information about our location and some of the things going on in the church. Also check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Lots of activity there. Houghton Baptist, the truth is spoken here. Come as you are, we do. Come and check us out every Sunday, 10 a.m. Be there. Thanks for stopping by and have a great day.